I can't hear y'all. Good morning, everybody. High five three people. Tell them this is the day the Lord has made. Now high five them one more time and say, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Well, anybody excited about being together and worshiping with your faith family today? Yes. Now, we are streaming now on Facebook. We're streaming on YouTube. We're streaming on uh, all kinds of stuff. Christian World Media. And what's that thing we have at home? Roku. Yes, on that. So we're all over the place. So it's going to be live. It's going to be archived. So people will be watching it later. But for those, we got some folk that are dealing with issues. I know it's a seasonal time of year. People got colds and flus and stomach bugs going around. And some folks still weighed down from turkey. <laughs> all right. But here's the thing. For those of you that are with us live right now and those of you that will be watching this later archived, we welcome you to be a part of this service. Don't sit back and spectate, jump in if you're at work or at home or riding down the road. You can put your hands together and celebrate Jesus with us. You can dance around your living room. If you're in a hospital room, glorify God because he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Amen? Amen. So one more time, I want you in here to welcome those out there. So we welcome you to join in with us today. Now, if you want to share the hashtag for today, is hashtag grace. I know that's the same thing from last week, but you know what? Didn't get anything changed. We didn't get to it. The Holy Spirit had his free reign last week. And you know what? If he does that again today, I'm not worried about it either. It'll be there when we get there, right? Because we're following his leading today. It's all about him. Amen? Amen. And uh, also, if y'all notice, we got a little younger uh, praise team up here today. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Today is designated as Youth Investment Sunday, and they, these great youth and our youth ministry leaders are going to be heading up part of our, all of our worship stuff today. They were outside welcoming you in, and how many of y'all understand this today? A lot of folks in this nation, the prognosticators, have written off our youth, and they're telling us that they're going to be the downside of this country, the downfall of the country. But how many of you believe God's raising up a generation that'll make a difference? And we got some difference makers right here. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the iron. 
Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Come on, let's lift up a praise this morning. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, lift him up. All right, so we're going to sing this song this morning. It's called Praise. And it goes like this. Ready? One, two, three, four. Let everything that has been praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
always the same The words on the pages The promise you made us You still have the final say You will make a way You always make a way You will make a way
guys for worshiping with us this morning. Um, I think some of us were trusting in God that these kids were actually going to get up here. And, uh, <laughs> we had to force them sometimes, but it's all right. So, um, how many guys think they sound good up here? So we're going to sing this. This is the last song we got for you guys. We're going to sing this. Just worship with us. I know everybody knows it.
for the prayer request today. We have lots of sick people. There's a lot going on. I'm not going to name them all. But what I want you to do in the audience, if you have a need, if you have a need in your body, I want you to raise your hand. And I want everyone around you, whoever's around you, just to reach out and touch them. Point your hand toward them. And we're going to go to prayer for these needs this morning. We have lots of sick. You know, this is that time of the year. But we believe that he won't fail. We believe that he's the healer. We believe that by his stripes, we were healed. We are healed. Even if we don't feel like it. Amen. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer right now and pray over these requests. Father God, we just praise you for who you are this morning. We thank you that you make a way where there is no way. We thank you that you never fail us. God, we thank you that you are, nothing is impossible with you. God, we bring these needs to you this morning, God. Every need on this list and every need in this congregation and every need out in the internet land, we bring these needs to you. And we say, God, meet every need. We thank you that you are working on every behalf. We thank you that you are healing bodies right now. You are healing viruses and flus and colds and cancers and every disease. Because, God, everything that has a name has to bow to the name of Jesus. So we thank you that you are healing right now, God. We thank you that you are providing for every need that everybody has, God. We thank you that you are working on every relationship issue. God, that you are bringing the father, the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. God, we thank you that you are mending those things, God. It is your will that we thrive in you, Jesus. You came to give us abundant life, to give us a better life, God. And we thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in this place right now, God. For the work that you are finishing and the work that you are starting. And we know that you always finish what you start. Holy Spirit, hover over us today. God, be with us today, God. Meet every need. Encourage every person. God, any depression, any kind of mental issues that are going on, God, we speak peace over those things right now, God. And we thank you, God, that you have done what you said you would do. And you are always working on our behalf. God, and we thank you and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Let's give him a big praise for that this morning. Thank you, Father God. You are worthy, God, and we praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for what you've done in this place today, God. Thank you. Let's give our youth one more big hand. They did a phenomenal job this morning. You can be seated. Y'all did a phenomenal job, guys. Phenomenal. It was amazing. Thank God. The best is yet to come for them. Y'all believe that? Yes. Thank you to all the youth leaders and all that y'all sow into our kids. We appreciate it so much. Well, welcome to Northview. We're glad to see you in the house today. Thank you for all our faith family that's here. And if this is your first time with us, in your bulletin on the back, there's a form that says first time here, and it just tears off. And if you'll fill that out, and after service... Through these doors to the right, if you'll take that form to the Welcome Center, we have a care team ministry there to greet you, answer any questions you have. They'll even pray for you if you need prayer. And if you'll give them that filled out form, you get a gift in return. So please take advantage of that today. We would appreciate that. 
Also, we do have immediately after service, we have Senior Saints Luncheon today. So if you're 60 and up, you're welcome to stay with us and have lunch. Also, our women's ministries are selling nuts. We're doing the same fundraiser we did last year. So we have a variety of nuts for baking and for snacking. And after service, if you would go to the table after church, you're welcome to purchase those. We'd love for you to purchase as many bags as you want to. $12 a bag. That money is going to Vision for Education, which, is, which are the colleges for, our, for the International Pentecostal Holiness Church. They're the Bible colleges that we support. So it's going to a great, great cause, because we ask you to do that. Also, um, we will need help today at uh, Restoring Hope in the warehouse. If you can help and be the church today from 3 to 6, they're getting ready for Christmas hope. And so there's um, presents to wrap and things to do. So if you can help out today from 3 to 6, we would appreciate your help. Also, we have practice at 6 tonight for everyone except the townspeople in the Christmas program. So if you're a townsperson, you don't have to come, but everybody else needs to be here at 6 for practice tonight. So at this time, I'm going to welcome up the youth leaders. It's Youth Investment Sunday, and we're going to be, they're going to be giving you some information about what the youth are raising money for. Do you want to support your youth? Amen. Amen. It's like Pastor said a little while ago, you know, the world says that this, these youth are just gone. I mean, there's, there's nothing. But we saw something different this morning. Amen. And we know that that is our hope. Amen. And that is the church, not just for tomorrow, but for today. Amen. All right. All right. So we just wanted to come up here and greet you guys and just tell you a little bit about um, what our Wednesday nights look like and what our plans are with this Youth Investment Sunday. So um, we have Cameron Bethay and Elise Bethay are two of our youth leaders. And then also my wife, Courtney, and then Tyler Lockie, if you look back there in the back in the sound booth. <laughs> Yeah, so he is, he's the newest member of the team. He's been on with us for about a year now. And so um, so right now, Wednesday nights, we are, we're averaging from around 40 to 45 young people every Wednesday night. Um, so we had about 10 or so that were just either out sick or they were out of town today. So, um, But we are excited. We are actually going through the Bible. We're in the book of Genesis now. We started a new... Um, just a new thing that we're doing now, basically walking through the Bible and breaking down these stories and, and showing these kids, hey, this is, people go through real things in the Bible. This is not a fiction fairy tale. Um, this is real life. And we can relate these things to our lives. We can relate these struggles, these temptations, uh, and how to look at them and compare them to your life and then be an overcomer in your own life. And so we're trying to do that um, while we're going through the book, books of the Bible right now. So, um, but as far as the youth investment goes, we are... Um, we do this every year. This goes way back to Miss Nancy, Miss Susan days, like back to the, uh, when, I was a, when I was a teenager in youth group. This is the fundraiser that we've done every year. Uh, it really helps us out um, because it costs it cost anywhere probably, I'm going to say, from, from three to $400 per child to go on these trips. And we're taking 50 people to accelerate, 50. So it, you can do the math. Okay. It's, it's, it costs a lot of money to, to, to take these trips. We have to rent. We're going to have to have four vans this year. This is the most vans we've ever had to rent. So we, we have to have four vans. We're going to um, 
We'll, we'll leave that Thursday, get up there, get settled. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, we're going to be in services in the presence of God. We'll have fun. We'll go to the go-karts, go to the arcades, let them have their fun. Um, and this is also what this is going to help us with, with this fundraiser, is last year we started going to Forward Conference at Jensen Franklin Church in, in Atlanta, Georgia. And that, that conference is huge. 12,000 kids. I've never been in a conference that big. It's huge. And so they really enjoyed it. They liked four conference. We were questioning whether we were going back, but they said they want to go back. So we're going to try to go back uh, in 2024. So we're looking forward to it. Um, that trip is also very expensive. It is a little more expensive than this trip um, because we have to drive even it's like we have to drive a little bit further. Things around Atlanta are just they cost a lot more hotels and whatnot. So um, so we are we're um, here today letting you guys see we have envelopes from all the way from five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars fifty dollars custom amount if you can only give two dollars if you have seven or eight dollars in your pocket to spare we would great, greatly appreciate it um whatever you have if you have to, we've had people step up and give g very generous donations like we've had people step up and pay um very large amounts of money to say i want to invest in the youth um, throughout this past year it's just been people just randomly come up to us and do that so we're very thankful for that and grateful and so as we take up the offering today miss um, Kim is going to come up and do um, the offering and as we do that we're just going to play a video from excellent from last year to just recap and let you guys see what what we experience what we do and to show you that the youth are worth investing in um, I don't know um, how many I, th I thought about doing this, calling around to every church in the Longbird District and ask them, what does their youth program look like? Just to challenge them, because um, we tried to get youth leaders back about a couple years ago together, and churches didn't even show up because they said, we don't, we don't have a youth. And so we're very blessed here. I, don't, I mean, sometimes it's easy to overlook because we're not here on Wednesdays. We're over here at the other church, but we're very blessed. Um, to be able to lead a group of people and sometimes it's difficult sometimes it's sometimes you just sometimes it could be a headache sometimes it can be just seems like you're doing things to organize and get things together and, and, and we can miss the big picture but um, I think that putting them in the presence of God is something that they won't forget um, I was just having a conversation this morning with a brother he said even if they walk away they can always think back and remember I've got a place to call home so this is what we're trying to do we're trying to give them a home so that when they go out into the world, they can say they're not going to forget where their home is. So as you give today, that's what you're giving to. Thank you, guys. How many of you believe the word when it says the word of God will not return void, but it will accomplish what it's sent to do? Anytime I heard Pastor Faye say this one time, she said, you can make a demand on the seed. And so we make a demand on every seed that has gone in these young people. Every word, every scripture, every song, everything. It does not return void. It's growing in there and it's producing a harvest. So we're going to ask you um, if you need a tithing envelope, if you'll raise your hand. Our young ushers are going to come and give you one if you need one this morning. We have our young men helping out today. So if you need one, yes. I see a hand over here. Everybody got one? 
Okay, we also have ways to give, if you'll notice the screen, if you like to give online, if you like to give through PushPay, through our website, if you want to come and drop, a, drop it off during the week, however you want to give, you want to mail it, we'll take it any way you want to give it. We'll take it. So we're going to ask you to stand at this time. We're going to ask our ushers to come forward. Make sure that you get an envelope when you come up here. You see what we're sowing into. You're seeing the fruit of it already. So it is very worth the investment. Amen? Uh, Y'all didn't sound so sure. That's worth the investment. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to roll the video as we, you bring forth your offerings this morning. Folks, let me uh, let me make a quick announcement on the the envelopes. Mr. Poole came and told me you don't have to turn those back in today. 
you can take the next couple of weeks and you can return those. You can drop it in the offering anytime. Uh, you can bring them in those envelopes. Uh, Miss Chris Oxendine, who will be taking care of uh, getting that registered and put in the computer and stuff and deposited, she will know what that goes to. And as was previously said, yes, ma'am. Yes, put your name on the envelope. This is uh, a 501c3 tax exempt organization. And I don't know about y'all, but the way the IRS eats away at me, I take all the IRS uh, help I can get with that tax deductible contribution stuff. So thank you. Uh, please be noted of that. Let's see. We need to make some <laughs> confessions over this stuff, don't we? Let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I up there? Uh, let's see. Hold on just a minute. I'll get with y'all in just a second. Y'all don't go anywhere. Let's see. That's what I'm talking about right there. Booyah. Y'all ready? Front row, y'all ready? Front line. Y'all good looking bunch of young men. I don't care what the devil says about y'all. Y'all all right. Well, the Lord's still working on that one. All right. Let's make this confessions today. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, Expenses decrease. Blessing and increase. Amen. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. Shout it out. In the name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. Amen. Let's make our faith statement, then we're going to pray over the offering. We are sore drunk, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied, and in Jesus' name, we will do everything. Not somehow, but amen. The, the Bible says in the book of Job, chapter 22, verse 28, decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Amen. Proverbs 13, 2, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his lips. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Joe, excuse me, Joshua chapter 1, verses 6, 7, 8, and 9, God tells Joshua, he says, if you meditate in my word. Meditate is a fair translation, but folks, is a Hebrew word that God used when he was speaking to Joshua, and he literally, that word means to mutter. You ever, talk, you ever had somebody in your family that muttered to themselves all the time? What are they doing? They're talking to themselves. And God actually told Joshua, he said, if you will mutter my word to yourself. 
Listen to what he said. He said, you will make your way prosperous. If you decree and declare the word in your life, you will make your way prosperous. Give the Lord a praise for that. That's a, that is a principle from the book. So let's pray over this offering today. Father, we thank you. We love you. We are so grateful to you. We just had Thanksgiving Day on the calendar this past Thursday. But Lord, we are living thanks to living lives. Hallelujah. Every day that we live, we give thanks unto you. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. You are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. And Lord, just like the youth led us today in that song, I trust in you. And you will meet all of our needs according to your riches in glory. Bless the folks that have given today. Bless their obedience to you. Nobody's trying to milk them or get money out of them. We just want to line our lives up with what you have set up as principles in your word. And the law of sowing and giving, the law of the tithe is still for real. And when we honor you, you honor us. And we love you and we appreciate that today in you. You are our God. Beside you, there is no other. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Everybody shout, amen. 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 While you're being seated, turn around and give your neighbor a high five and tell them you love them. You're glad to be sitting close, this close to somebody as famous as they are today. Children's Church, if you're still in here, kids, y'all could be dismissed out these doors right here. Uh, Hayden, will you be sure the kids get into the castle room over there, the children's church room? They're headed that way. We've got some over there already. I heard an interesting quote the other day. I just I couldn't wait to get to church. I'm not going to talk about it. I just want to give it to you. I was watching a, a video. And Dr. Stephen Lawson was being interviewed. And in the interview, Dr. Lawson said this. He said, every time a Christian comes together in a corporate time of praise and worship, they should always remember it's not about them. So it doesn't matter if you got a nice sound system, comfortable chairs, Heating and air conditioning, which today we do say thank the Lord for heat, right? But some of y'all are fanning, so we heated too much in here because there's about 300-plus little furnaces sitting in all these seats today. So it doesn't matter if we have environmental projection, if we have these LED projectors. It's not about us. And here's what Dr. Lawson said. He said, every time you come together in a corporate time of worship and praise, you should remember it is a coronation service to your king. So could we just give our king some praise and honor and glory for just a moment? We're here for the king. Hallelujah. We are here for our king. He has been good to us, and we are grateful to him for his great goodness, 
for his grace and mercy toward us. Today, I would like to pick up, how many of y'all had a good Thanksgiving, by the way? Everybody? Yes, thank the Lord for that. Now, you know what? I had jotted myself a note up here so I could ask Pastor Fay a question. I'm just teasing Pastor Fay. The, but I am kind of semi. The address Miss Kim mentioned meeting at Restoring Hope Center from what time? Three to six to help with Christmas Hope. Now, who does, has no idea what Christmas Hope is? Wave your hand at me. Come on. Has no idea. Thank you. That's all right. Be honest. Because you know what? Restoring Hope Center, sometimes we get so familiar with stuff. Restoring Hope Center is its own incorporated 501c3 tax-exempt ministry of outreach here in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Restoring Hope Center is located at 12... 1206 North Main Street. I remember it's North Main Street because it had South Main Street on Google forever and I fixed it. And now Google keeps sending me messages that so many people are appreciating the fact I put the right address in there. 1206 North Main Street. If you don't get by there today, just ride by sometimes. There will be a huge metal building out there that is being completed on the inside, but is functionally complete now. That is the outreach ministry. Though they are their complete separate entity, they are the outreach ministry of Northview Harvest Ministries. And we are highly involved. We are highly indebted to their work and their efforts. And last year, they distributed over $2 million Dollars of product and assistance to needy families. Now let me clarify, we didn't give them that $2 million, okay? That was through donors, corporations, grants, and whatnot. And let me go ahead and give you a little heads up. For Since that building was built and Restoring Hope Center became their own entity, we, the church, owned that property. And I want to go ahead and give you this information so there's no questions going around what's happening with that. So we leased them that property. We leased it to Restore and Hope Center. They had, what, a 100-year lease? That's a pretty fair contract, right? And we charged them $1 a year. Now, I was about to jack the rent up on them to a dollar and a half. But one night... At our last board of directors meeting for the church, we were talking and we were discussing things with Restoring Hope Center, and I felt the Lord speak to me that we needed to put that 1206 North Main Street where the metal building is, the warehouse and stuff, and going to be the future offices, we needed to put that in Restoring Hope Center's name. We needed to give that deed of property to them because if you don't know anything about grants and, and uh, grant writing and stuff, one of the first things that the, these corporations that give out $30,000, dollars $60,000 on a grant, they don't even blink an eye. That's how much money they've got to give. But they do blink an eye if they're going to give it to Restoring Hope Center. Pastor Faye is ready to wave your hand, Pastor Faye. They do blink their eye if they're saying, we want you to give a grant to our ministry, but somebody else owns the building. 
So we, as of a few weeks ago, we met at the lawyer's office and we have officially signed the deed over to 1206 North Main Street to Restoring Hope Center. We still, the old church on Lees Mill Road, that is still under Northview Harvest Ministries, but the 1206 North Main Street, that has been uh, deeded to them. There is a clause in the deed that if it should ever fail to be used for outreach, it will be reverted back to Northview Harvest Ministries. That property will. But it's not going anywhere except up, up, up. How many of you excited about what God is doing through the outreach ministry of Restoring Hope Center? Now, I'm not taking, I hope I'm not taking too much time. Sometimes we need to be told these things because we got a lot of folk coming in, new folk that have no idea what's going on through this ministry. So in Christmas hope, how many families do y'all have for Christmas hope now, Pastor Faye? Can you tell me that or is that, you can't tell me? Okay, be that way. I'm just playing. Uh, really, there's some stuff we have to keep under the radar but in Christmas Hope, through Restoring Hope Center, families that are vetted, that go through a process, if there is a need there that can be met, they will receive Christmas gifts through Restoring Hope Center. Okay, let me, get, let me back up and say that again. They will receive Christmas gifts. I could stop at just Christmas, but I got to add gifts, plural. And I'm not talking a $2 box puzzle from Dollar General because of God's provision. Okay, some of y'all still can't wrap your mind around what I'm saying. How many of y'all have been to Restoring Hope and helped package and, and put those pallets together for families. They will receive Christmas meals. They're, they will receive gifts, not just for the kids, but everybody, I believe, in the home. Folks, let me tell you something. To God be the glory in that. Thank you. That was helped birth in this ministry by some wonderful people and it's still being carried. If you volunteer every day at Restoring Hope Center, wave it, raise your hand and wave it at us. These folks give every day. There are folks all through here, folks that are not here today that give every day of their time. So from three to six, if you go by there, uh, you can go in and help wrap packages. Now, I don't go, all right? I don't go wrap packages. I can take my time. Rodney McCarter, I can take my time with my wife's stuff and try to wrap something nice and neat and I can do my best and it still looks like four 18-wheelers hit it on the highway. <laughs> so you know what I do? I wait till my daughter or somebody comes home and I beg them to do it. <laughs> I'm a smart man. Let's get into the Word of God. Now you know what Restoring Hope Center is for you new folks that are not familiar with it. You know what uh, Christmas hope is. And Pastor Faye, if I've told too much information, just have mercy on me and say I'm ignorant <laughs> to my boundaries. All right. Read with me. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. And today I'm going to be talking about grace. 
All right, and I'm not going to take long. I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm going to give you some stuff to chew on and let this be a blessing to you. How many of you ever heard this song? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. glad for that amazing grace today. And I wonder if I got any folk in here that are saved and you've been saved more than a day, more than a week, more than a month, and I don't care if it's been a year, 10 years, or 100 years, but how many of you in this room today, that grace is still amazing to you? So follow with me in this scripture. Now, you know for about a month now, I've been with you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. In fact, I want to read that verse, but then I'm going to back up and we're going to read it in its, in its entirety here where it's at in the context. Verse 8 says, and God is able. Oh, yeah, some of y'all still remember that, right? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That's a powerful verse right there, isn't it? But here's what I want you to see it in its context. How many of y'all had a sandwich this week? Anybody make a turkey sandwich after turkey day? All right, tell me what kind of bread did you use? Light bread, loaf bread, white bread, wheat bread, doesn't matter what kind of bread it is. You just get two pieces of bread, throw your stuff in there, slab some hot sauce all on it. Come on, y'all do use hot sauce, right? Thank you. Or if you're like me, you just take the bread to start with. If you want to do this as a perfect art, you lay the bread out and you bloop, 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 bloop the hot sauce and then you put the bread together so the hot sauce will go into the bread and you give it a little squeeze so the hot sauce gets in there. Then you put the meat and stuff on it. There, you're welcome. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, Rochelle? Rochelle sent me some chicklins and rice to my house the other day, y'all. It was good. But nobody in my family, when I wandered up the day after Thanksgiving, would even sit in the room with me while I ate it. I don't know what's wrong with them white folk in my house. In fact, I wanted to warm something up the night before. My wife forbade me to do it. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> now here's what I want to do. The meat. The meat's the good part, right? The meat's the good part of the sandwich. The meat makes the sandwich. It doesn't matter if you use wheat bread, white bread, loaf bread, Italian bread. It doesn't matter, okay? The meat makes the sandwich. But if you don't have the bread, all you got is meat. 
I want you to look at these verses on your screen right now as a sandwich. And the meat is verse eight. But look what two pieces of bread God's given us here. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Now let's break this on down. He who plants, that's what sows means, right? To sow something means to plant something. Like these farmers around here, now I know the last few weeks all they've been sowing is chicken manure. Right? Like, like the week before we had trunk or treat, everybody was like, oh, I hope it don't smell like this or trunk or treat. This stinks out here. Somebody said to the farmers, that smells like money. Because you don't get that chicken stuff down. Well, let's move on. Okay? But here's the thing. You sow, you reap. You plant, you harvest. Are we all on the same page here? So, but this I say, he who plants, sows sparingly, will also reap, harvest sparingly. Say this with me. Say a little bit in, a little bit out. Listen, he's not just talking about soybeans right here, folks. That's the way it is in life. In a relationship, in your work, your walk with God, your church, your worship, you put a little bit into it, you're going to get a little bit out of it. Hold up now, but he doesn't stop there. And he who sows, somebody shout that big word out. He who sows bountifully will also reap harvest bountifully. So let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God Somebody read that line right there. God loves a cheerful giver. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Not me. Not me. I'm not talking to you. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God is talking to you. God loves a cheerful giver. All right? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We, we had an interesting Thanksgiving at our house. If you didn't, if you didn't see, my daughter-in-law posted a prayer request on Facebook. Now, y'all know I love my grandbabies. Right there, man. All, all of them. And I got one coming in January, and I got one coming in February. And they're going to have me wrapped in around the little finger, too. But our daughter-in-law, our grandson, our oldest son, Teddy, and our daughter-in-law, Jody, and our two oldest grandkids, Sayla and Zach, were supposed to come here for Thanksgiving. And uh, Tuesday, Zach had been sick since last Saturday. And Tuesday, my daughter-in-law took him to urgent care, and the doctor checked him out, or nurse practitioner, whoever it was, said that he just had a virus and sent him home. And so was it Thanksgiving morning? They, my daughter-in-law messaged us and said he'd gotten no better. He was still throwing up, had 103 temperature, and she was taking him to the emergency room at the children's hospital. And uh, now let me tell you something. You want something to get your prayer life going? Grandparents, they call and say they're taking your grandchild to the hospital. You go to get a hold of God, right? So anyway, our, my son called us later and asked, could, could we meet him in Bishopville, which is like our, that's our little official meeting spot for them coming from Columbia, and asked, could we get Selah, my granddaughter, who is 10, and she's the oldest grandchild, and she is Papa's princess. All the rest of them Hodge Grand Youngers are little boys, except Kendall's got another little girl coming in February. But Selah is Papa's heart. So when my son asked, could we meet him in Bishopville, I was like, heck yeah, man, what time? So I met him there, 
and we met at Zaxby's off the interstate off I-20. And of course, Zaxby's closed. It's Thanksgiving Day. Nobody's in the parking lot. So we're transferring her stuff over into my car. And I get sailing. And on the way there, I had wolfed down a plate of food at mom's house. And man, them carbs were hitting me about Hartsville. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, it was like every 40 seconds. I was yawning so hard, my motor was about to get sucked in my mouth out of the car. And so I got sailing in the car. And there was a like a travel center big store across the road over there and I told Kim, the sailor, I said, look, I said, Papa needs something with caffeine, baby. I said, we're going to go. So she's getting out of the car. We drove over there across the road, four lane road. We get over there. She's getting out. And here's my thing about this. She said, Papa, can I have a slushy? <laughs> and then in my great religious vigor, I said, baby, let Papa pray and fast about this. Do you think that's what Papa did? No, Papa didn't. You know what Papa said? Now, hold up. So, while we were sitting in this traffic to get across this four-lane road, she was expressing to me. Now, her and her little brother, are real, they're, they're very, very close. And she was expressing to me how upset she got when they found out they were admitting Zach in the hospital. So, boy, my nerves were shot for her then. So, when she said, Papa, can I have a slushy? I said, baby... I reached around, I pulled her in close to me, pulled her to my hip while we were walking up the sidewalk. I said, baby, when you would Papa, you can have just about anything you want. <laughs> then she looked at me, she smiled, she said, can I have candy too? <laughs> Guess what she walked out of the store with? A three musketeer candy bar and an orange and no, blue and red slushy. She mixed the two colors together. I figured she got a sugar high, had an hour and a half to get back home. I'd live her off of Mimi. <laughs> but folks, look at here. My whole purpose in telling you that story is this is look, so this right here, God loves a cheerful giver. God wants to give to us bountifully. He wants us to give bountifully, but he wants to return it to us. Listen, if I can look my little 10-year-old granddaughter in the eye and say, baby, I have the potential to give you just about anything you want within reason, okay? If you want something in the store, you're going to get it. Is, is your, ner your nerves are shot? Your little heart's broken about your brother? If this is going to help your anxiety level come down, if this is going to help bring peace into your little soul, you know what? Papa's going to give you whatever you want then. If that's what's going to help you in this time of your season of need, Papa's going to get it. Well, let me talk to y'all about a father in heaven who loves you. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you about a father in heaven who the Bible says in the book of Romans that this is love. This right here is love. That when we were still sinners, God revealed his love toward us in that he gave us his only begotten son. God gave his son for us. He loves you. And I wrote this in my journal. I was up praying one night, and, and, and this is what came to me. Jesus is the lover of my soul, whether I want to be loved or not. Maybe that's for somebody in this room that you thought you were beyond being loved, or you thought you'd done stuff so bad that God couldn't love you, or you don't want to be loved. You want to be, you want to, you feel like you condemn yourself so much that you don't want God to love you. But I'm gonna tell you what, as long as you're drawing breath and you're under the sound of my voice, God 
loves you and I don't care how hard you run, I don't care how hard you fight, I don't care how mean or dastardly you've done, you've been, let me tell you something, there's a passage in Romans chapter five that says where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So look at here, look at here. God's talking about giving. That's our one slice of bread. Everybody say that. Say my one slice of bread. God's talking about giving. And then he throws in this verse, verse eight. He goes in and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now why does God go from talking about giving into talking about grace abounding toward us? I want to address that for just a moment. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always have in all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance of what? What's he talking about in the previous verse? He's talking about giving. Whatever you sow, that you're also gonna reap. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you in that whatever you gave, God's gonna cause you to have abundance to return to you in whatever you reap in your harvest because that's what grace does. Look here, look here, look here, look here, all right? That you may have an abundance in every good work as it is written. Here's the second piece of bread. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. That's a capital H. That's God has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Do I have any sowers in this room today? Do I have any folk that love to give? Do I have any folk that want to be a blessing to others? Do I have any folk that want to line your life up with that second portion of our first confession when it says, thank you, Lord, and it goes into the point that I want to give so that I can have more to give? I don't know about anybody else in here. I want to get to the point where I'm not there right now. I just want to ride around town. And when I get to go, when I go to Walmart, it's very seldom. If you see me in Walmart, stop and talk to me because I don't go in there but once in a blue moon. And usually that's for Sister Margaret, my mama. Then I'm glad to do it. Y'all show my mama some love, all right? She already hit me one time this morning. She said people don't know when I'm telling the truth or something when I'm talking about her, okay? But anyway... But here's the thing, folks, here's the thing. One day, one day, I just, want to, I just want to live my life and walk around with 10 $100 bills folded up in my wallet. And when I go visit somebody and there's a need or I go to a hospital to visit somebody and that family's in a, in a, in a strange situation or I go into somebody's home and there's some sickness or somebody's been laid off, I just want to pull my wallet out and pull those 10 $100 bills out and lay them on the table and say, the Lord gave me this to give to you. I'm going to get there. Right, I'm going to get there. Amen. Right now, I praise the Lord that the IRS is paid up, though. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They don't like preachers for some reason. I don't know what in the world, man. 
The glory? Anyway, as it is written, he is dispersed, he has given to the poor, he ha his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply, look, 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 supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything, look what it says, for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Get this. Everybody say, one slice, one slice of bread is God will give you the ability to give. Now, whether or not you're going to give is up to you. And you know what? It's like they said today. If you took one of these envelopes that said $50, that's great. If you took one of these envelopes that the youth had up here and you write, say you took a custom one and you go home and, and you can put $1,000 in there and you turn that back in, that's great. But you know what? If you're in here today and, and you are going in a tight through a tight season of your life, let me tell you right now, $2 can change your life. I ain't getting no help up in here. I'm going to say it again. $2 can change your life. What are you talking about, Pastor Tim? Listen, me and the guys up front were talking about saying, you know what, $2, man, that's, that's about the price of a Coca-Cola now, right? Me and some guys up front were talking about this morning. Uh, I walked up and they were having a conversation. Uh, there's a book called The Butterfly Effect that my wife gave me years ago. Anybody ever heard of it? It's a cool little book. And the principle of that book is that a butterfly's wings flying in one part of the world can cause atoms to move and even the most minute current of wind. But once that movement and all kinds of other stuff joins together, can somewhere in another part of the world come together and form a hurricane? And there's another story that says if a jet plane it takes off, a passenger plane takes off from New York City and is, has a flight path toward uh, Los Angeles, California, basically going straight across the country, that if they put that flight path off by two degrees, not 90, not left or right, just two degrees, that by the time they get across the country, they will have ended up in Mexico or South America. The whole principle of that is, folks, you don't have to make a lot of drastic changes. You can just make some small changes. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you will make small changes in life with grace applied to it, then I'm going to tell you right now, it can change your life. That's why I said $2 can change your life. You know what? If you can say, Pastor Tim, well, I'm kind of strapped right now. It, look, there have been times I have dug through my truck console to find money to get gas to get from North Charleston back to Mount Pleasant. Been there, done that. Come on, somebody. But let me tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I am going to tell you right now. My wife and I had four kids, and what, three of those were, uh, two of those were in private schools, and I don't know how we did it, single-income family, but God made a way where there was no way. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, God will move in your life if you will trust him. Maybe if we can say I trust him instead of just singing it like a cute song off of a screen on Sunday morning. But maybe when I wake up on Monday morning, when I open my eyes, I say, God, I will trust you. I will trust your grace. I got to hurry up because I got some scriptures here I want you to look at. Look at this thing. Grace comes in where there's any form of lack. Say that with me. Grace comes in where there's any form of lack. 
listen to this now, and supernaturally releases God's abundance. Supernaturally releases God's abundance. I'll put this on the Facebook page, church Facebook page later today. No matter, listen now, no matter what name, title, or label is applied to the area of lack, whether it be spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, relational, or mental, grace will always abound toward you. Let me back up one more time. Grace comes in where there's any form of lack and supernaturally releases God's abundance. Now, lots of times, folks, we in the American mindset, we get caught up in God's provision and his abundance, and we just want to see our checkbook go from three digits to five digits to six digits to eight digits. I'm going to tell you right now, God could give you a million dollars today, but if your family's still whacked, if your heart's still broken, if your children are still running from God, I don't care that million dollars wouldn't do, a, do you any good. But I'm going to tell you right now, first of all, let me remind you what the scripture says. Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Listen now, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives you of all your iniquities and heals you of your diseases. I'm not have to preach for the next few minutes while I wrap this thing up and land this plane. But let me tell you right now, when they brought that man down through the roof in front of Jesus, come on, y'all remember that? When they tore the roof up and his friends lowered him down, Jesus did look at him and say, get up and walk first. The first thing Jesus said is your sins are forgiven you. Because let me tell you something, it'd be better for you to be paralyzed and go to heaven unparalyzed there than it would be for you to burn in hell for eternity with two good legs. So the first thing God's gonna do is he wants to put you back together from the inside out. He wants to fix you spiritually. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to fix your wounded mind. He wants to heal your broken heart. And baby, that's what grace can do. I wish somebody would give him a praise today because that side of grace is still amazing. What are some areas of spiritual lack? Let me talk to this for just a minute because as I was praying this morning, these things just started coming up in my spirit. Listen now, spiritual lack includes things like areas of weakness and strongholds. Things like lust, anger, lying, fear, anxiety, PTSD, addictions, drugs, alcohol, pornography, sex, thrills, you know, some folk get addicted to thrill. I knew a woman one time, her husband was a millionaire. She got caught shoplifting at a local store. Shoplifting like bras and panties. The woman had more than enough money to pay for that stuff, but the reason she stole it is because she had been doing it for years and she was addicted to the thrill of going in and stealing stuff and getting out without being caught. And she admitted out of her own mouth that she was addicted to the thrill. I'm gonna tell you right now, folks, there's only one thing you better be addicted to, and that's the presence and the glory of God. Because Colossians chapter two says this, that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. Anything else that you're addicted to, anything else that you put on a pedestal above him is going to leave you empty. But can I get 
I have some help from anybody in this room who has placed the lordship of Jesus Christ upon the pedestal of your life who has made him the one true God and who has said to him Lord besides you there is no other I gotta hurry up I got more on that but I'm gonna hurry up here look at here this is what grace is not. Let me just show you some things quickly on grace. Grace is not weak or wimpy. I think we Americans, we underestimate, we misunderstand what grace is all about. And, and we've been taught this powder puff gospel, this watered down Kool-Aid preached from the Barney version of the Bible. where everything's just bouncing around on clouds. Well, baby, I'm gonna tell you what, grace is a powerful thing from God. Amen? Grace is not frilly or fluffy, but listen what grace is. Grace is powerful. If you agree, shout amen. amen. Grace is a source of supernatural strength and release in your life. If you believe it, say amen. If you believe this, grace is transformative. Shout amen. amen. All right, hurrying up. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Woo. Amen. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And if you'll see, I put Martin Luther's name on there. The German monk that in the 1500s on October the 31st went up in Wittenberg and nailed and was the 99, a list of 99 things. He was, a, he was a Roman Catholic monk and he made a list up of 99 things in the church that he saw the church was doing wrong that had gotten away from this right here. And you know what the number one thing was that he had concern with? He was taking the Bible and translating it from, from Latin into the German language so his people in his country could read the Bible. And he got to this verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. And he realized the Roman Catholic Church at that time was moving people and driving people and hurting people to do the list of do's and don'ts that the church wanted them to do. If you don't do this, you're not saved. If you want to be saved, you got to do this. And if you want to be more saved, do this even more. But let me tell you something, folks. The word of God, when he was translating this verse, he said it's like heaven shone in the little dark room where he was at, and he realized there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. It is grace that is the gift of God by faith. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord, for grace today. Look at somebody say, you cannot do this. What is this? This is live this Christian walk. You can't do this. You're not this good. I don't mean to bust anybody's bubble. I'm not this good. I can't live a life by myself that will be pleasing to God. Because you know what? If you're not relying on grace, somewhere, somewhere, the enemy is going to trip you up. The enemy of your soul. Satan and the kingdom of darkness is going to make you mad. 
They're going to make you think stuff you ought not be thinking, say stuff you ought not be saying. Come on, somebody. They're going to put you in the company of people that will be doing stuff, saying stuff that you ought not be listening to. And instead of getting up and shutting it down or getting up and leaving, you know what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself bogged down by what's going on. Amen. All right, look at your neighbor say, grace moves mountains. I only have about three more slides, and I'm, I'm just going to read them. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. So he answered and said unto me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is the governor of the area there that is rebuilding uh, the house of God, but they have been shut down for 25 years by the enemy. Shut down for 25 years. And look what the Lord says. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 7, who are you, O great mountain? What is he talking about? This is a figurative obstacle. This is what for 25 years has kept them fulfilling, from fulfilling their purpose. Look what he says. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and he shall bring forth the capstone to the, of the house of the Lord with shouts of grace, grace to it. Look at your neighbor and say, God, by grace will move your mountains. Maybe somebody need to start thinking some stuff of some stuff and hollering grace, grace to it today. Sickness, cancer, disease, those prodigals, grace, grace, that lack that you've been struggling with, grace, grace. Mm. I think I'll end with this one. Well, I'll end with the next one. Look at this one. Am I there yet? Yeah. Look at here. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. This is Paul writing. Look what he says. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above all measure. All right, everybody look at me right quick. Look at here. See, here's the thing. He said, I'm receiving so much download from heaven, it would be easy for me to get puffed up and full of myself and thinking I'm all that in a bag of chips. He said, but God loves me too much to allow that to happen. So God allowed a thorn in my flesh, a messenger, a demon from Satan that came to work in my body. Now, nobody knows what that thorn was. Some folks believe it was a sickness or an infirmity that on one of Paul's missionary tours that he got a form of malaria that would make your eyes literally have this green junk run out of them all the time. Like, y'all say, I don't want to get too graphic, but in other words, if you looked at a person that had this kind of malaria and it, and it didn't go away, it caused this mucus. It would literally make you nauseated to look at this person in the eyes. And Paul reflects into this in some of his other writings that this could have possibly been what it was and it would affect your, your eyesight. Paul says, three times I asked God to take this away from me. What did God say? Verse nine, somebody read it out loud. Mm -hmm. Oh, that does not compute in American spreadsheets. 
My grace, my grace, my powerful grace, my transformative grace, this is sufficient for you. Mm. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, Paul says, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, let me ask you a question. Who in here under the sound of my voice has been going through any type of trial, tribulation, or hardship in the last year? Anybody? Just wave your hand at me. Any essence of it. You know what I've heard people testify in the last few days? That, that uh, multiple people in the last few weeks that this past year has been one of the hardest years, if not the hardest year in their entire life. Well, folks, let me tell you something right now. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. Let me go ahead and tell you, this is where somebody's gonna break out. And I'm wrapping this thing up right here. With grace... The reason we miss grace sometimes is because when hardship comes, we whine and we moan and we complain about the problem. I ain't getting, let me go over here and talk on this side over here. Let me back that up, rewind it again. The reason we miss that defining moment where grace can come in and bring breakthrough is because when we're going through times like Paul's talking about right here, when God allows stuff to happen that we don't like, that it hurts, it's painful, we whine and we moan, we complain, we fuss. But what does Paul say? What does Paul say right here? What does Paul say? He, th he said, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. You know what? He said, I'm going to celebrate this doggone thorn. Hallelujah. Instead of whining about it, instead of saying, oh, God, take this away from me. He's going to see, he said, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, God, thank you for this thing in my life. You've got a reason. You've got a plan. You're working something I can't see. And your grace is sufficient my strength is made perfect in weakness oh I can y'all stand up to your feet stand up to your feet so get this right here are you ready for this are you ready for this so Paul can be like you know what while I'm getting all this revelation Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament Willie, could you imagine Paul sat down in a candlelit room and he just starts, mm, I bless you, Lord. And man, the Holy Ghost would swoop down in there and he'd start saying, write this, write this, write this. What we ended up now 2,000 years later, two-thirds of our New Testament came out of moments like this. So it was in those moments when Paul is saying, oh, Lord, I thank you. Oh, Lord, I praise you. And God comes in. And then God said, you know what? I can't let Paul get too full of himself. And this messenger of Satan, this problematic situation, whether it be physical or spiritual or both, Paul didn't go in hee-haw mode. Y'all know what hee-haw mode is, don't you? Whoa, despair and agony on me. Whoa. It's grace. Grace. Somebody just shout grace. grace. The last one right here. Grace is this. 
Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. He mentions the gospel in the previous verse. He says, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effecting work, effective working of his power. Before Paul became Paul, he was previously known as Saul of Tarsus. His job was to go out and arrest and persecute Christians in this newfound Christianity movement. But one day on a road to Damascus, Paul or Saul rather, and his entourage are on their way to Damascus with affidavits and papers from the religious leaders to go there and arrest and imprison and beat Christians. Oh, y'all, but listen here. While he's riding down the road, all of a sudden a bright light appeared. Everybody around him froze and, and saw the voice speaks out of the light and he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? It's Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. This persecutor, Saul, was revolutionized and changed into Paul, the apostle, who preached the very same gospel he was trying to destroy. God changed the heart of a man, he says, by grace, grace, grace. Look at somebody say, grace can change you. Grace can change your circumstances. And grace will work on you until your circumstances do change. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank the Lord for grace today. Yes. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice in this building or online today, let me tell you something about grace. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It's hope. And he still changes lives by grace. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has risen from the dead, we shall be saved. That's going to be between you and God. I preached you a message today that is straight from the word. God loves you. He wants to save you. And whatever area that you're struggling with in life, he will give you grace to overcome that very area. I promise you that. Hands down, because I believe what the book says. Somebody thank the Lord one more time for grace. I'm going to have Elder McKinnis to pray over you today to dismiss you. Y'all show Brother Welton some love.